7, where we'll be here this evening. Uh, church family, I'm conscious of time tonight uh, just, just because I know that you have a big week coming up. And so, uh, again, I, I really do think the, the thought and the truth will be a, a reminder tonight, and it'll, and it'll be short. Um, but I think the truth tonight will help you uh, going into this week. Um, obviously, uh, the Sunday school lesson this morning about missions and a lot of the announcements and everything's gearing up towards missions this week. And I, want, I, I really want to focus in on one word tonight. This word is not in the text that we're going to look at tonight. Uh, but I think you'll see the truth of this word through and through uh, this text tonight. But the, the word that I want to uh, uh, have you think about tonight, I'm going to put it right up here at the front. What do you think about the whole time is this word responsibility. Now, you might say, well, Brother Smith, what does that have to do with missions? Church family, you're, you're going to hear messages this week, no doubt, about giving. You're going to hear messages this week uh, probably about going and being surrendered to go. Uh, you're going to hear messages this week about um, what you can do to reach the world. And if you and I will realize that this is our responsibility, Amen. it'll make a lot of it go a lot easier. We sometimes get to thinking of missions uh, and reaching the world. Sometimes we think, well, that's the missionary's responsibility. Uh, well, that's, that's, the, that's the, the pastor's responsibility, or that's, uh, uh, you know, I, I can't do this, or we, we look at our life and we say, I, I, I can't do this, I can't go, or I can't give because of this reason, or I can't, and we make all the excuses up. But church family, if we stop and realize that missions and reaching the world, it's not just an optional thing, it's not if, if you're able to, it's not if you have money, it's not if you uh, have, have certain spiritual gifts, but if you're a child of God and you're saved, it's your responsibility to take the gospel to the world. Now, with that in mind, I want to look at this passage. Very, very, very familiar story. Uh, it's, it's one you've heard preached from many times, and uh, we'll look at this together. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless, and we'll look at this passage. Heavenly Father... Lord, we stop before this uh, uh, time of preaching, and Lord, I ask that you would, Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, take me out of the way, and Lord, that you would speak to each and every person here. Lord, as we prepare for a week of missions conference, Lord, I pray that we would be asking you, Lord, what you'd have us to do. Lord, if it's, if it's us that you want to go, Lord, if it's something that you want us to give, if it's another way in, in which you would have us to pray or to reach the world, Lord, I pray that you would give direction Lord, to each and every individual, to each family, Lord, to our church, Lord, that we would do this next year what you would have us to do for missions. Lord, as we look at this story, help us to realize that it is our responsibility. And Lord, help us to accept and, and gladly take that responsibility. Thank you, Lord, that you entrust us, Lord, to give the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. Very familiar story in chapter number 7, but I actually want to back up in chapter number 6. I want you to get the setting before we look at chapter 7. Just a couple of verses out of chapter number 6. Verse number 24, the Bible says this. And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his host and went up and besieged Samaria. Now Samaria is the, is the, the place or the city that's uh, in chapter number 7 that we're going to be looking at. So they're under siege. The Bible says this in verse 25. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold... Uh, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver, and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. 
It gets worse, verse number 26. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. Verse 27, and he said, If the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? You can put yourself in the position of the king here. The whole city is besieged. Nobody has food. Everybody is looking at potentially starvation. There's famine is everywhere. And he's walking on the wall. Not church family, I don't, I don't know what the wall looked like. I don't know what the setting looked like. But I imagine the large wall that surrounds a city, wide wall. And I imagine him up there walking on the wall, no doubt under pressure. He's the king. His people are under tremendous stress. And the woman says, king, would you help me? And he looks at her and says, hey, you better go to God because if God's not going to help you, then how, how do you think I'm going to help you? Am I just going to go to the barn and pull some food out for you and give it to you? Everybody's going through this. I don't have a way. But then he, then he asks, what, what do you need? Look at the next verse. The Bible says in verse number 28, And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give, me the, give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she hath hid her son. And it came to pass, when the king heard the words of the woman, that he rent his clothes, and he passed by upon the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Now, church, I don't know if you can imagine the setting, the, the amount of pressure that's on him and on the people, they're eating their children. I, 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 in my mind, I cannot fathom getting to that point where you would even consider eating your children. But this is what's happening in Samaria. Now, let's take that, with that's the setting in mind. Let's go to chapter number 7. Let's pick up with a story that's very familiar that you've uh, no doubt read many times. Look in verse number, verse number 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, why sit we here till we die? Now, uh, church family, many times, obviously, most of you know this, but especially back in this day, if you had leprosy, you weren't allowed to be among the general population. So you were separated. So here's four leprous men. They're sitting outside the gate of Samaria. Uh, situations, no doubt, were not very good for them. If inside the city people are eating their children, and inside the city there's a famine, then what's taking place for these men who had leprosy wasn't good either. And they just looked at one another and they said, why sit we here until we die? Look at the next verse, verse 4. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. So the, the, I don't believe that the lepers were afraid of dying of the leprosy that was no doubt killing them. They, wasn't, they weren't scared of leprosy. They were scared of starvation. They said, hey, if we go back in the city, where we really can't go anyways, but if we were to go back in the city and get back in there, the famine's in there. We're going to die in the city. If we sit where we're at, the famine's here. We're going to die here. Then they said in the last part of the verse, it says, now therefore come and let us fall into the unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Verse 5, and they arose up in the twilight. Now, now church family, imagine in your mind, they're sitting outside the gate of the city. The Syrians are around the city. They said, we can't go back in the city. We can't sit here. That, that's a death, death penalty either way. 
our only hope is maybe we can find mercy among the Syrians. They at least have food. If they would, if they would have pity on us, maybe they would feed us. All right. So they're they're going from here further out to where the Syrians are. Verse number. Um, uh, verse number five, and they arose in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Now, now again, I, I, I probably taking too much time going through the story, but can you imagine as they're going up to the camp, maybe they're hoping to run into a, a guard that's outside the camp and say, hey, do you think you could get us some food? Or do, do you think there's any way that you know anybody in here who would be kind? I don't, I don't know what's going through their mind. But as they come to the camp, they're looking around. There's nobody here. There's no guards here. There's no soldiers here. It, it, it goes on further. The Bible talks about in verse number 6 that the Lord had made the host of Syrians to hear a noise of chariot and noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. So they left the horses tied up. They left everything in their camp just like it was. They were afraid, thought the enemy was coming, thought the king of Israel had hired uh, uh, kings to come and fight. And they left everything and left. And this is in the middle of the night. So here it is. It's dark. The, leper, the, the lepers are here. They've come to the camp. It's deserted of humans, but everything else is there. You can imagine what's going through their mind like, this is too good to be true, but we're going to enjoy this dream while it lasts. So, guys, look, they go into the first tent. The Bible says in verse number, uh, verse number uh, 8, And when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, very edge of the camp there, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Now, I'm probably crazy, but I imagine in my mind the conversation that's taking place among the lepers. And I'm, again, not trying to add anything to the passage tonight. But I imagine them saying, this is incredible. Hey, there's nobody here. Come on, let's eat. They sit down and they eat and they eat. and they, Hey, look, they left their silver and their gold here. And they, I, I imagine they're, they're filling their pockets or whatever bags they can grab. And they say, hey, let's go get this hidden before, we, before they find us. They find out that we're in the camp. And they take it and they go and hide it and... Hey, let's go back for more. They get back. They go into another tent. Same thing all over again. And they, they get the silver and the gold and they're, they're taking it back. And I, I, I don't know at what point in time the conversation turned. I don't know if one of them eventually in his mind said, maybe they were talking. Again, I'm not trying to add to the scriptures. But maybe they said, hey, can you imagine the people right back there in the city? They're starving to death. They have nothing. We're eating like kings. We have silver and gold we have look at look at all the stuff we have there. and then one of them says guys wait a second here we do not well let's look at the verse the bible says this verse number nine and they said one to another we do not well this day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace now church family i don't I mentioned at the beginning, you won't find the word responsibility, I don't think, anywhere close to this passage. But four men who were lepers, who were living it up the best they could in the circumstances, suddenly realized that we have a responsibility. 
No one else is going to go back there and tell Samaria that there's food, that there's spoil, that there's all kinds of things out here, that the soldiers are gone. If we don't tell them, nobody will. And they decided this is our responsibility. Now, church family, the, the application tonight is not hard. I'm a very simple thinking individual. We live in a world that's lost. Spiritually, they're starving. They're dying. And as Christians, we have to stop and decide, is it our responsibility to get the gospel to them? What you do this week will be determined on whether or not you decide this is your responsibility. Amen. Now listen, you know that verse is just like I do. It's our responsibility to go. Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world. Uh, you know the, the, the several other verses. Matthew chapter 28, go and teach all nations. We, we know that the command to pray, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth what? Labors into his harvest. We know the command to give. Uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians, pastor was again preaching from there on Wednesday night. Uh, but 2 Corinthians, every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him what? Give. But somehow, when it comes to missions, it's really easy for us to say, you know what? That's somebody else's responsibility. Hey, listen, can I tell you tonight, it's our responsibility I don't know if you've ever remember a time in your life when the weight of responsibility in some life situation was heavy upon you. Uh, it might have been something that happened at work. It might have been something that happened as a young person. But when all of a sudden you took responsibility in some area of your life. I remember for me, the, uh, the illustration that comes to mind personally for me, the, the first, I remember when we picked up Abigail from the hospital. And I, maybe, I'm probably crazy, all right? Maybe nobody else feels this way. But I remember driving away from the hospital. And I remember thinking, I'm responsible for a baby. I remember driving through intersections from Lawrence, just headed to Perry. And trying to be so careful about where I drove because I am responsible for a life. I can't get in a wreck. I can't have an accident. Because why? The weight of responsibility, I took it on. This is my child. Can I ask you as a Christian, when you think about the lost world, not just Lawrence, Kansas, but Topeka, Kansas, the state of Kansas, the countries where we have missionaries, does the weight of responsibility that it's Barney Smith's responsibility to make sure they hear the gospel? Or do we look at that and say, well, I'm not in Africa, or I'm not in China, or I'm not over there on the other side of the globe, so that's not my part. Hey, can I tell you, four men who were lepers, who would have known who would have known if they'd have just ate as much as they could eat, and if the Syrians came back, the Syrians came back, if they could take as much gold as they could take? Who would have known? But four guys said, hey, 
we're responsible. Now, let's look at the passage. I'm going to be quick tonight. I have three things I want to give you tonight about the responsibility of the lepers, all right? So the responsibility of the three, three uh, uh, simple things here. Look at verse number nine. They said one to another, we do not well. And look what they said. This day is a day of what? Good tidings. Now, church family, this is a real simple application. Do you know why we're responsible? Yes, we've been commanded but we're responsible because we have good tidings. If you, if you have a Bible, hold it up. Do you realize most of the world can't do that? Do you realize that most people couldn't do what you just did? Because you have the tidings and they don't. Four men, you can put your Bibles down, four men decided while they're feasting in this tent and while they're gathering gold and while they're taking everything they could, they stopped and realized we're the only ones that know where this is at. We're the only ones that know the Syrians are gone. Hey, do you realize why they took responsibility? They realized they had good tidings. You know why we sometimes don't take responsibility? We forget what we've been given. You know, as a four-year-old boy, when I asked Christ to save me in the living room of our home in Wellsville, Kansas, I didn't realize, honestly, truly, what I was getting. I just knew I didn't want to go to hell. I knew I was a sinner. I knew that if I died without Christ, that I would be forever separated from God. Beyond that, I didn't realize that what I was being given, I didn't realize the responsibility that I suddenly had as a four-year-old boy that I had something that the rest of the world for the most part did not have. But as I've gotten older, as I've read the Bible, as I've sat in church services and Sunday school classes like you, it's been relayed over and over again and you see it over and over through scripture. Amen. We have the good tidings. Church family, it's not gonna be the Mormons or the Jehovah's Witnesses or some of those others that have missionaries across the world that are gonna give the good tidings. If we don't do it, who's gonna do it? This is our responsibility. So first off, the lepers, think, think about this tonight. Their responsibility was the fact they, they were in possession of good tidings. Two more things quickly, church family, and I'll be finished. Look back at verse number nine. They said, we do not well, this day is a, a day of good tidings and we, what's it say? And we hold our peace. Now look at the next thing that they said. They said, if we tarry till the morning light. Now you can imagine again, this is, this is dark. This is at night. And they said, if we even wait until the morning light, some mischief will overtake us. Now I, you, can, you can put whatever motive into the passage that they had for that statement that you want. But I think the guys realized if some mischief overtake us, the message will never get to Samaria because nobody else knows. If the Syrians come back and they find us here, we're going to be captives or maybe dead. If some other tragedy were to take place before morning, then no one will get the message to Samaria. I believe the second thing about their responsibility is it was restricted by time. It was restricted by time. 
you realize that in application, our, our responsibility when it comes to mission is also restricted by time. Amen. Hey, I have a short life. You have a short life. Our Heavenly Father is coming back soon. People are dying all around us. Amen. And the clock is ticking. If we don't take responsibility, this is my responsibility, time will run out. Four men sitting in a tent said, hey, if we wait even as long as till the morning light, it might be too late. Can I tell you, church family, you'd say, oh, this is just another missions conference. This is just another series of services. This is just another year to make a commitment. This might be your last. This might be our last opportunity to get the gospel into the hands of somebody that you might never even meet. This is our responsibility. One, one last thing, church family, I'll be finished. Look in uh, verse number 10. The third thing is this. So first of all, they're in the, their uh, responsibility was they were in possession of tidings. Secondly, they were restricted by time. Thirdly is this. Their responsibility was fulfilled by telling. I want you to look in verse number 10. The Bible says, Though, So they came and they called unto the porter of the city. And they told them. Again, they relay what happens. Look down to verse number 11. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house. Verse number 12. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants. Now again, the king, when they came to him, he didn't even believe it was true. He said, I'm not going to read all the verses in the passage. You've read them before. But he says, oh, I'll show you what the Syrians are doing. So they got a they got a couple of the king's servants and got the last few horses that were there in the city and said, go out and see what's going on. He said, I'll show you what's taking place. They're, they're just tricking us to get us out there. And then those guys went out and they came back. And verse number, if you look at the end of verse number 15, and the messengers returned and what? And told the king. Now, you don't see any, uh, it relayed between verses 15 and 16. The Bible says the very first sentence in verse number 16 the bible says and the people went out so obviously the king or the king's servants went to the people and said hey you're not going to believe this but the camp of the syrians is empty except for all the spoil do you realize that the the lepers the only way they could fulfill this responsibility was to tell somebody now think with me that there's lepers that have already been living outside the city. They're not really welcome in the population of the city, but it's their responsibility to tell those people. So they go to the porter. Now, church family, there are countries in the world that you and I may never be able to go to. There are cities that you and I may never be able to go door knocking in. But that does not alleviate our responsibility to get the gospel to them. Could not the lepers have said, we're lepers. They're not even going to let us in. They don't want to see us. We've got a disease. Who cares? We're just going to live it up. But they said, no, we have a responsibility. And we may not be able to go back in there and tell them. And no, they might not want to believe us being poor lepers from outside the city. But 
the least we can do is go and tell the porter so the porter can go and tell the other porters so they can go and tell the king so the king can send servants so the servants can go out and come back in and tell the king and the king can tell the people there's food in the camp of the Syrians. Now, church family, our responsibility is only going to be fulfilled as we get the gospel message out. Amen. Hey, listen, I hope tonight is in a sense is solemn. I'm not trying to be discouraging tonight. Tonight, I hope you realize the seriousness of our responsibility. Amen. It's up to you and I. No, we can't reach the world on our own. Yes, it's, it's through his power and through what he does through us. But if we don't decide to be vessels that take on responsibility and say, God, I'll, I'll give whatever you want me to give. I'll go if you want me to go. I'll pray. I'll, I will take part in wherever I can in the, in the effort to get your gospel to the world. If we don't do that, who's going to do it? Hey, these guys were nobodies. They had nothing they are dying of leprosy. But yet they realized as they sat there in that tent, it's either us or they're going to die. We better take on the responsibility and tell them. Church family, you're going you're to hear lots of messages about missions. You're going to see slideshow presentations about people on foreign field that you'll probably never meet you'll have missionaries and preachers get up and say hey listen you need to take your do your part you need to give you need to go you need to pray you need to do everything you can Amen. and can I tell you all of that will be so much easier for you to jump in and take a part if you decide tonight it is my responsibility to reach the world I'm gonna tell you something if you don't decide it's your responsibility to reach the world all that other stuff's going to be really hard to do. Because every time you hear something about giving or every time you hear something about, well, you ought to be surrendered to go, you're just going to say, well, that's for somebody else. Well, the other guy, he's going to do that. Well, that's why we have missionaries over there, and I don't need to go. But if you decide, hey, me, Barney Smith, I'm responsible, then it's going to be a lot easier to say, God, what is it that you want from me this week? God, do you want to take me and send me to a mission field? Or God, do you want me to give more to missions? Or do you want me to do something in the area of taking the gospel to the world? Why? Because it's my responsibility.